I was going to have a shave <coughs> before I started this and I thought, why? The, the, the whole point of this, <coughs> this YouTube series is to show, showcase, I guess, the real life of a new business owner. Um, and I wanted to break it up into sections. And the first section really <coughs> needs to be about the whole point leading up to, the, to us starting the company. And what led to it? Because there is a there's a there's a big story behind that, really, and I suppose it it goes back to employment, young young Andy. Um, <clears throat> I only ever I never really succeeded in two companies, and I say succeeded <clears throat> loosely because they were. They, they never really quite fulfilled what what I guess I expected them them to. Um, I reached decent positions in retail from the age of 16 up to 31, um, <clears throat> but never the level that I think people expected me to reach or that perhaps I thought I should have reached. And then I, I re reached a decent level in, in the company I was with for 10 years after that in digital marketing, but again, never really went any further. And I think a lot of that was because I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to, to play the game. Um, there, there is a game that you have to play, I think in any company, especially a larger company. And it's a game that means you have to do a lot of things you don't want to do talk to a lot of people you don't want to talk to, be um, accept a lot of shit. And I was just really bad at doing that. It, it, it was just a block, like a mental block in me. I used to come home to Lynn's and say, oh, so-and-so's fucked me off again today. They've said this and said that. And she'd say, well, but that's going to happen. You're not in a, in a scene enough senior enough position to, to challenge it. And when you do challenge it, they just think you're a moaning bastard, which they did a lot. And I, but I, I got tired of that. Uh, I couldn't just, I, and I think it's, it, it comes down to my inability to switch off. Like all of my close friends, they would say, if I asked them, work is work and life is life. They're all company men. None of them. Only one of them owns their own business, and he's he's very much like me actually in that in that sense. But the ones that work for someone else, they're very compartmentalized in this in the sense that work is very much work, and when they come home, they 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 switch off from it. And and they've learned over the years to kiss the right arse and say the right things and or not say things perhaps that they want to say just because for an easy life. But I, I don't think, I, I was never able to do that. And when I did do it, it caused me so much stress and anxiety that I ended up the next day saying what I needed to say. And sometimes it, it benefited me. Sometimes people respected my honesty, but other times it got me in bother because a lot of people in those positions don't 
they don't want someone constantly challenging their their way of working or or their viewpoint on something they just don't so i think the point leading up to starting think unconventional was um it it was born out of a frustration with with the working world and probably a frustration just with what the world in general and that's that probably is more why we started unconventional the brand as opposed to just this arm of it um there is a, a real frustration with the world there but that's that's a, that's a, a conversation for another episode i think that the point of this is to break up the real life of a business owner but i thought it was essential to just give you that little snippet before we before we start because i started think unconventional in may 2022 following my exit from an American company that I've been at for three months. So I'd left the company I was with for 10 years for a new chapter because I got bored. I, to be honest, I'd been bored for years. Um, but they were paying me really good money. And that money had allowed Linz and I to build a life, build this lovely house, um, fill it. And um, it's hard to walk away from that. But I got to the point where the fear of not trying something new outweighed the boredom that I was facing day to day. So I did it. I went for it. I applied for a few jobs, to be fair, and didn't get a sniff apart from one. And I think when I look back on it now, I think there was a desperation there to perhaps get out of where I was and try something new. So I, I, I wouldn't say I, I heard what I wanted to hear completely, but I probably didn't, because it was the only one that, that offered me a, a job or that even offered me an interview, um, strangely, and I'll come on to that another time. Um, I think I did just cling on to it and go for it. And I, I, I think there was an element of, it's great money, you know, it was even more money than I was on. And I thought working full time from home, no travel costs. And at the time, that was a big draw for some reason. Um, I took it and it was horrible. The first month was okay. And then after that, it was two months of hell. Um, it really turned into a role that I didn't want. Um, they really didn't get me. I didn't. I don't agree with the American way of doing things. It's very aggressive, very hard sell, very spammy. Um, they told me in my interview that they bought into the whole LinkedIn thing. They loved what I was doing with LinkedIn. And then a month in, they're like, we hate what you do. Don't stop touching LinkedIn. Come off LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. And I was thinking, nah, you can fuck off. This ain't for me. This ain't a bit of me. So after month two, I decided I was going to leave. But... Um, because we'd had some tough words, me and, and, and my direct uh, line manager. Um, and uh, I said to Linz, is this the time that 
we just go for it? <clears throat> Do we just go for this idea of starting the business and um, you know jumping in with two feet? We had a few quid in the bank. We've been given a few quid from um, Lindsay's nan. I had a car that was sitting on the drive doing nothing. I knew I'd get a few quid for that. So I thought, you know, we've probably got four or five months worth of money that will prop us up if I didn't get a single client in that time, which I, I probably arrogantly, but rightly, as it turns out, I genuinely didn't think would be the case. I thought with my network and with the people that I know, I, I would have business within that time. So it got to three months and I decided I was going to leave at the end of May. I was going to take my final pay packet, which was obviously really a big pay packet. I thought, I don't want to leave before then. I'll stick it out until then. Um, and I'll go. And I'd kind of semi-decided I was going to go for it because I hadn't applied for any other jobs. Um, I must admit, I, had, I did message my old boss out of pure desperation because I was scared. I was scared of not having a job. And uh, he said no. Um, and it was, and it, I'm glad he, I'm bloody glad he did now, but it was obviously meant to be. But at the time I, I felt petrified really, just for a day or two until Linz and I really committed to, to it. Um, but I didn't get to the end of May because I had a, uh, I had a message on the 5th of May which was the Thursday, I think. It was a Thursday, I don't know if it was the 5th, 6th or whatever. And um, I think it was the 5th. And it was a, a kind of last minute, Andy, we need you to jump on a Zoom call. 15 minutes had been booked out. And I said to Linz, here we go, this is it. She went, nah, you've been paranoid. I went, this is it, promise you this is it. So I was out in my office, jumped on the call, 5th of May. Glorious sunshine outside, so you know it. You feel better anyway because the sun's out, and, and um, as soon as I jumped on the call, there was an HR woman on the call with us, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh yes, I was right. I was right. This is this is game over." And um, he said, "This is going to be your last day with 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 the company." And um, I said, okay, why is that? And he went, well, we spoke to you about your LinkedIn. We told you not to post, blah, blah, blah. And uh, we're still tracking your activity, which is wrong in the first place. Uh, and you're still commenting on people's posts in work time. And I said, um, yeah, I'm a lunch. Do I not get a lunch? And he didn't have an answer for that. And he just said, well, we've made the decision. Um, and I'm gonna pass you over to the HR lady um, to finish off and then put himself on mute. And I thought, you wanker, you absolute cock. Five minutes later, I was, I was gone. That was it. I didn't get to the end of May. Um, they told me they were paying me a week's wage plus any bonuses that I was owed. Turned out that at the end of that month, I almost got a four months pay, which was, a, which was amazing. So the call was done. That was at like two o'clock in the afternoon. And um, I went into Lynn smiling, because 
strangely, although I didn't have a job, I knew I had a bit of money in the bank. Not a lot. Like I said, I had three or four months grace if I sold the car. So, you know, not a lot, not even half a year. But I was so unhappy and so miserable that I, it was just like this weight had been lifted off my shoulders. And um, I went into her and went, told you, game over. And she, she was astonished. She couldn't believe it. Uh, I think there was a, 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 an instant sense of panic in her because she is a, a real sensible, you know, kind of doesn't take risks type of person. And um, we decided by that evening that I was going to go for it. That I was going to, I was going to do it. I was going to start the business, think unconventional. I've been thinking about it for for a month or two already. I was thinking about running it as a sideline and, and bringing people in to write write copy under the thing, like an agency, while I was still employed. And then I would just join the party at some point. Um, well, that obviously didn't happen. So I said to her, look, let's go. Let's go for it. And, and she went along with it. Um, she was on board with it, supportive, because that's the way she is. But there was a real fear in her, for probably for the first couple of months. But So I launched... I put out a couple of teaser posts on LinkedIn over the over that weekend. And then I launched on the Monday with a video, a launch video that was titled, I'm Unemployed. Um, and the video did really, really well. Um, and I actually got two clients, one of which is still with me now, eight months on, um, from that video. So literally from the... the from the off, I had money coming in, in the first week, first two weeks by the time we got contracts signed. And no, it wasn't, God, it wasn't anywhere near enough to, to pay the bills. It was like 500 quid um, a month. But, oh my God, what a feeling. What a feeling that was. Um, and then the, the, the next client rung me about three or four weeks later saying, We'd, we'd seen the video. I, I already knew them anyway. So they were like, look, mate, we've seen the video. Obviously, we've seen that you've been putting bits and pieces out over the last few weeks. We want to use you. And this was an agency. Uh, sadly, after three or four months, that didn't work out, not because of anything I'd done, just from their side, things had, had gone a bit, bit picked on. Um, but fantastic relationship we had and still have. Um, I learned a shitload from them. Like, they were on it, like properly on it. Um, and so good at, at, at what they do. Um, and it's, you know, that, that relationship is still very much there from a personal perspective. So fingers crossed there'll be opportunities for us to work together again in the future. Um, but then, so from May, by the end of May, I had, or, or say mid-June, I had a, a couple of grand a month coming in. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I mean, like I said, I was paid a lot of money in employment, so I wasn't even half of what I needed. Plus then you've got to factor tax in. So actually I was probably less than a third of what I actually needed to earn. But what a great start. Then we got another one, we got another one in June. And then if I'm honest, July, August and September were really poor. Really, really poor. Lots of inquiries, um, but they didn't. They didn't materialise. Uh, 
and we were kind of living off these three clients. Um, and obviously that money that's sitting in the savings was dropping and dropping and dropping. And you're like, fuck, you know. I'd kind of said to my, I'd said to Linz, if I'm not at a point where we don't have to touch the savings by Christmas, because I knew they were just going to keep dwindling, um, I'm going to start looking for a job because I'm going to have to. Because we can't, I can't leave it to the point where we've got nothing. We still don't have enough money coming in. And then I start looking because it could take me three months to find a job. So we got to the point in, so October kicks in. So September was the worst month ever. Not, not a single inbound lead in September. I was really depressed, like properly depressed. Um, that, that was a, a, a really bad month. And um, then October hit and I had about seven, seven or eight inbound leads in the first two weeks. And I was like, and two of those, and then and I had another couple of referrals from other clients. I was like, wow, like talk about a roller coaster. Talk about one minute you're on your ass and the next minute you've, you've got an influx. It really was like buses. Um, and between October and the start of December, we'd onboarded eight clients, eight new paying clients, which was phenomenal. You know, if you onboarded four paying clients a month for, the, for a year, you, I, I would have agencyed some of that out already by now. And I'd be sitting very, very, very comfortably. But that, isn't, that just isn't how it works. And I think those first few months, what they taught me was, regardless of my network on LinkedIn, regardless of how long I'd been on LinkedIn, the reality was I'd only been talking about the fact that this is what I'm doing now for a short while. So it hadn't filtered through that network yet. People were still going to some of my my colleagues and friends that have been doing it for years because that's who they naturally thought of first. And it, and it took six or seven months for people to start saying to me, we think of you first now for this. Um, so, but the, the, it was an extremely, um, extremely emotional few months. Um, you know, I was, like I said, really down, really down. Um, and I'm going to go into the, the real details of, of kind of what that looks like in another episode. But that, that emotional kind of one minute you're down there and the next minute you're up there, that's, that's insane. That's insane. And that's, that's quite hard to deal with. And, and I think as a, no one prepares you for that. No one, no one kind of says, you see all this stuff on social media about the highs of creating your own business, the highs of the freedom and the flexibility it gives you and the potential and all this shit. And then you're like, okay, who's actually telling me about all the other stuff that goes with it? And I think it's hard to tell someone because everyone's different. You know, I'm... Uh, obviously, we live with neurodiversity in the house because of my son, Jake. Um, I'm exploring my own journey with that as well, which we'll, which we'll talk about more in the, you know, as the year prog- progresses. Um, 
And I think there's major factors there as well. You know, there's major factors there that people don't don't fact you know don't don't account for. Um, I I I have major highs and lows, major highs and lows. I I wish I could level myself out, and and I and I do I desperately try. Like I tell myself all the time. It's, a, it's just a bad month. You've got to keep showing up. You've got to keep doing what you do, which I, every day I do religiously. It's a it's habit now for me, the, the whole marketing side of my business. And, you, and, and I do it and I show up every day. And obviously October was a, was a direct result of that effort. Um, and then those leads have continued in, into November and, and in December, those inbound leads. Um, not quite as heavy as that first two weeks of October, which was insane. Um, but they've been, November and then December have been consistent. And December, you wouldn't expect to get too much because you think people are in wind down zone. But I, I, it's been consistent. You know, we've had, we've had inbound leads still, um, which has been fantastic. And then we've got three, I don't know when this is going to get released. Um, let's say it's going to get released in December. Uh, I've delayed three new starters until January because, um, you know, I didn't want to overload myself for Christmas because on top of all of this, and again, I'm going to talk about this in another episode, on top of all of this, I have to factor in that I'm a dad and I'm a, I'm a husband and it wasn't my wife's choice for me to do this, it was mine and she supports me but at the same time, I have to acknowledge that support and not be a total wanker um, just because I can't control my own emotions sometimes. So she she is, and this is why I'm a huge advocate for people having coaches and mentors because she is, without a doubt, the best psychic anyone could ever have. Like through those times where I was down in July, August and September, she would say to me, you're literally like four months into a new business. You've you've invested no money. All of this is on the back of your network. It's going to take time. Like, this is normal. It's not that you're crap or that you don't have the ability to generate business. It's simply, this is new. You ask any new business owner, how long did it take before they started turning a profit? They'll probably take, tell you it took two years. So, I knew... She was so reassuring in those really bad moments. And at the same time, she helps me celebrate the good times because I'm not very good at that either. You know, all of those leads that were coming in October, I'd get that instant buzz of getting a lead and then having the call, which I love. Put me on a phone and I'll nine times out of 10, I'll convert. But I don't celebrate them. I don't take any time out to go, wow, what a month. Eight new, eight new clients in the space of two months. That's, in, that's insane. I don't celebrate it. I don't even think of it because I'm always on to next, on to next, on to next, on to next. And I think a lot of that is because we're still, because of you've got to factor in the corporation tax for the business, the dividends tax. When, when we started in May, I'd already taken more than my personal allowance for the year from my last company. So I couldn't pay myself a wage. So I had no tax-free amount that I could take out of the company. So the first year was always about just getting through, just kind of muddling through and paying the bills. Um, and because of that, 
we needed, and because we've built this life and this big house and all the rest of it, I needed to, to take so much money out of the company just to live, just to exist. So even now, even with all that new business, because we've lost a couple of clients as well, you, we're still not quite where we need to be to um, live comfortably without having to touch the, the money that's in reserve. If I want enough to pay the tax bill at the end of June, at the end of May, uh, 23, which I do. You know, my accountant said to me, most people just wing it. Most people have got no money by the time their tax bill comes and then they've got nine months to try and scrabble it together. And again, maybe this is just that obsessive kind of characteristic in me, but I can't deal with that. Like I need that money sitting there for May 31st so I can just bang it away. I'm going to start again, start fresh. Um, there's just no way that I could have that hanging over me for the next nine months. But I know people that do. I know loads of tons of business owners that have never got their tax bill. They've never got it. And then they're just flapping around for the next nine months trying to scrape money together. And then you're always playing catch up. And as soon as I heard that, I was like, right. So I, I heard this with like, I don't know, eight, nine months still to go. So after like four months, that's kind of when I got the real sense of what I was going to be liable for at the end of the year. I was like, right, well, I've got to start leaving a thousand pound a month in the company. And then I'm looking at what's coming in and at the other costs attributed to the business. And I'm like, hmm, okay. We, that, okay. So I still need X number of new, new clients. And that's when we started building out the products and the other services, which again, I'll, I'll talk about another time. But so to really sum up, I guess, to sum up this first episode, really, it is, because I don't want them to be too long because people get bored. And this one's already been 26 minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, to sum it up, the first eight months of Think Unconventional have been, would I say I'm happy? No, I, I don't know what that looks like. I'm happy in moments. So, you know, I love sitting down and writing for a new client. I, I genuinely get enjoyment out of that. I love creating video snippets from podcasts and, and video snippets from their calls that we have because our process is, is really good. It's really, really good. We get a lot, a lot of compliments on the process that we have. Um, I love onboarding new clients. I love discovery calls. I love getting on the phone with someone new and finding out about them, about what they really need, you know, about why they're not doing it themselves because it, it really helps me with my own content. Love doing the podcast. I think that's such a great arm of the, of the brand. But, but, every single day, I am attacked with that thought of, you're not there yet. You, you, the, the business isn't where it needs to be yet from a financial perspective. And I know that you can get there and then all of a sudden you lose a client and you're back. But I think the successful businesses have a machine that works where you've got enough of the core business supporting life. The stuff around the outside is the, is the, is the extra. You know, that's the bulk, that's the fluff, that's the buffer. 
Um, and I'm so close to being, to having a core and then the next day just to build the buffer. Um, but because, because we're not there yet, because of how expensive life is at the moment and what we've built for ourselves over the last 10 years in employment, and there's only so much Linz and I can cut. You know, there's only so much you can trim out of life before you're just not living anymore. Um, because we're not quite there yet, that's tough. That's tough. That's a daily, that hits you like a sledgehammer every day. Um, and I'm really, I'm trying to find lots of different things to do to help me overcome that every day so that it doesn't dominate my life. Because if it dominates my life, it dominates Lindsay's life. And then it filters down to the kids and that's just unacceptable. But yeah, that's, 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 the, real, that's the real world. And I know there's a lot of business owners that will watch this and think, fucking hell, that, that sounds familiar. Um, I know I'm not alone. And I know that feeling will probably be there even after I've hit a point where we've become successful and we've got lots of money coming in because there'll be other worries, like having kids. You know, the worries never stop, they just change. But I, I definitely think the, my, my biggest concern is always the financials. I am very obsessed with having enough money. Not having too much. I've never, I don't have desires to be a millionaire or anything like that. Because I, I think that comes with other problems and stresses that possibly then takes you away from your, from what's important, which to me is the family. For me, it's always been about what is enough and how do I get to that point where it's, where I've got enough. Um, and that's different for everyone. So yeah. Next episode will be um, a bit more in depth, I think, on the business. So yeah, next episode I think will be a bit more about some of the things I do with the family, some of the stuff that helps me, um, and I think probably a little bit more in depth about why we've won the clients we have and, and perhaps why we've lost the clients we have um, and how I've kind of combated that and overcome it. See you next time.